Today I have a, a friend of mine, it's a, it's a friend from, from childhood. We, when I lived in Peru, um, I, uh, him and I went to, uh, to the same school. So welcome, Fernando. Welcome to, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks for the opportunity to, to be in your podcast. Uh, it's been a long time. As you said, we've met each other. We've known each other since childhood, but we haven't seen each other for oof, <laughs> I know. 20 something years, 30 years. Yeah, so. yeah or, or more. I think so. the times that we have uh, crossed paths, like I've gone to Peru for anything, reunions or anything, you know, we've crossed paths that we haven't been able to actually physically. Don't I don't think I've seen you in, in a while. Welcome to another episode of In The Middle. In this podcast, I talk about my experiences living in two or more cultures. Hi, my name is Eddie Minaya. Um, I'm a creative professional uh, living in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. I was originally born in Peru, but I grew up in the D.C. area and I've lived in this area for the last 35 years. Today I have a, a friend of mine, it's a, it's a friend from, from childhood. We, when I lived in Peru, um, I, uh, him and I went to, uh, to the same school. So welcome, Fernando. Welcome to, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks for the opportunity to, to be in your podcast. Uh, it's been a long time. As you said, we've met each other. We've known each other since childhood, but we haven't seen each other for oof, <laughs> I know. 20 something years, 30 years. Yeah, so. yeah or, or more. I think so. the times that we have uh, crossed paths, like I've gone to Peru for anything, reunions or anything, you know, we've crossed paths that we haven't been able to actually physically, I don't think I've seen you in, in a while. You still hear me okay? I, I lost you for a little while, but uh, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, for to give everyone listening a context, uh, Fernando and I, we, we went to the, uh, when I lived in Peru, him and I went to the same uh, elementary school. So I lived in Peru until I was 13. And um, I came to the United States when I was uh, finishing at that time was what was ninth grade. Uh, and him and I kind of went to the same to the worst school, elementary school, and then high school, part of high school. Uh, and Fernando, give me a little more context about you. You you finished school in, in Peru, correct? Your, your, your high school. And then what happened after that? Actually, no, I, I didn't finish school in, in Lima. I oh, left okay. uh, the year before, the before graduation, and I moved with my family to the Dominican Republic. My dad got a job in Santo Domingo, which was uh, quite a surprise. But at the time, it was uh, I think right after Alan Garcia's government. You remember, you were very young. We were both young, but it was a really difficult time. You know, hyperinflation and so on. So my dad was an entrepreneur. He had he had his own business with his uh, brother. And it, was, it just went terribly. I mean, just he, we just, you know, it was really bad for him. So he started to look for work outside of Peru and was able to, through a friend of his, able to find a job in the Dominican Republic. It was a big decision, but we decided to move at the end. So I finished high school in the Dominican Republic. I, because the educational system is, is slightly different, I actually had to do two more years, as opposed to I had one year left in Peru and I had to do two years in the Dominican Republic. Uh, and I think it's because in Peru you have to, you have prep, you know, you have to, like the 
like uh, the school that you have, you get, before you go to university, you have to prepare. In, in mm -hmm. Lima, I don't know if you remember this. Mm -hmm. So in, in the Dominican Republic, it's not like that. It's very easy to get into school. So, so anyway, so I finished my two years of high school in Santo Domingo, and then I moved to the U.S. And I lived in the U.S. I went to school in the U.S. I went to college in Nebraska, of all places. <laughs> I actually started in Omaha, and then I moved to Lincoln a year later, graduated there, then moved to Florida, and worked in Florida for a few years before I moved away of the U.S. to move Man, here to so you, you moved quite a bit. So it was from Lima to yeah. the Dominican Republic, and then from the Dominican Republic to Nebraska in the United States, then to Florida, and then to the Czech Republic, which is where you are now. Yep, to Prague, yeah, exactly. Man. So tell me, when you were lived in, when you first moved to the Dominican Republic, because that, you know, you were, at, I guess at that time, probably somewhere around 14, 15, 15 years old. Yeah, right? I just, I, right. yeah, I turned, I turned 15 right, right before we, we left. Yeah. So how different was it when you first arrived to the Dominican Republic in terms of like the the culture? I still everyone speaks Spanish, but their Spanish is different because it's a different, you know, it's just different, different period. It's a different country and the culture. It's still somewhat different. How how difficult was it for you to get acquainted to the Dominican culture when you first arrived? Yeah, it was. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It's actually. I think it's a really big difference in cultures between Peru and Dominican Republic, or at least it was at the time. Mm -hmm. Now with globalization, social media, things have gotten you know a little bit more common between cultures. But in, in, at the time, it was a big shock. It was uh, people had a very different mentality that you know in, in the Dominican Republic than Peru. And for a kid, you know, I was 15 when you know your social life, it's everything. You know, you're, you're you speak with slang, you know, you know how to communicate, you know, in a certain way, you know, yeah. it was, it was difficult. It was difficult. You know, I didn't know any of the slang, any of the lingo, you know, so, I, so people were making fun of me because not only because of my accent, but the words that I used, you know, that were not, I like, I actually learned when I left Peru that a lot of the words that I used were only used in Peru. Like I had no idea, you know, so many words that I use in my, in my regular vocabulary, people didn't know, like, I can give examples. Like, for example, I remember very clearly that I had that chancar it's not a word that uses out of Peru it's, it's a, <laughs> I think it comes from Quechua you know yeah. so no one knew what that was and, or pita or many other things you know like uh, so anyway so so it, it was actually for me a bigger culture shock to move from Peru to the Dominican Republic than from the Dominican Republic to the US believe it or not even though there were different languages there was somehow a little more affinity between you know the way I don't know, my way of thinking with people that I met in the U.S. than in the Dominican yeah. Republic. I was a little bit older too as well, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, and it was very international too, you know, a lot of, I met a lot of people from different parts of the world. So I think that helped a bit, yeah. So when you were, after you finished high school at the, um, I guess, in the Dominican Republic, what made you come to the United States and not go to school within the Dominican Republic or even go back to Peru, I guess, to go back for, for to go to the university? Yeah. Yeah, right. That's a good question. I I wanted to go to the U.S. Uh, it was kind of like a you know a dream of mine. Something that I always wanted to move to the U.S. And I also mm -hmm. didn't want to stay in the Dominican Republic. Nothing against the country. You know, I have a lot of good friends there. I had a good time, but it was just not not a place where I, I wanted to you know make you know I don't I don't want to uh, stay there longer. You know, 
have a family career. I just didn't see myself there for a long time. So, and I had relatives that lived in, in Nebraska. I have my, my uncle and my aunt mm -hmm. lived there and they were very happy to have me. And so that's the only opportunity that I had really, uh, if I wanted to go stay with someone, you know, going on my own at that age, didn't know enough. So it seemed yeah. like a good opportunity. So I yeah, said, so yeah, let's go. Let's go to Nebraska. You know, I, had, I knew nothing about it. Uh, and it was uh, a shock, you know, uh, um, but, but it was great at the end. I mean, it was a, it was a really great experience. So while you were in the Dominican Republic before you moved to the United States, how, how do the people in the Dominican Republic, how do they, um, I guess, welcome foreigners? Uh, and in this case, you're still, you know, from Latin America, but you're, you're from, from South America, from Peru. How do they, mm -hmm. like, how was it? Because one thing I remember when we were in school, like when we were kids, and we were used to get um, um, uh, people that were from foreigners. I remember this a few times where there was mm -hmm. like probably diplomats kids and they were, um, they didn't mm -hmm. speak Spanish. They were either from the United States. I remember meeting somebody from Germany. But what right. I do remember yeah. is that the first thing that we taught them was bad words, you know, <laughs> in, in, in school. Like, you know, it's like all of a sudden the kids spoke very any Spanish and all of a sudden they start saying, you know, bad words because that's, it was funny yeah. for us. And I don't know if that right. was mean now that I look back because it's just, you know, it's like, are we making fun of them because they're just learning the language? How was it in the Dominican Republic? Like, how do they welcome the people that were, um, I guess, foreigners? Or, and were there a lot yeah. of foreigners like you at that time in school or were there very few? Yeah, um, I think I, I was the only foreigner there. I think uh, if I remember correctly, me and my sister, uh, mm -hmm. they were they were friendly. I mean, they were nice. I mean, there was, They were teenagers, you know, I mean, they're not going to be super friendly. They still tease you a bit and so on <laughs> is what the teenagers do, you know. Uh, yeah. But in general, not only in school, but in general, Dominicans were super welcoming. Yeah, they're just, they were they were very curious about, you know, our culture, you know, what we how, how we live over there and so on. And, and, and very nice, very, very, very friendly. Hmm, okay. So, like, like then, I said, the only the only the only issue for me was mainly the 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 way you know they spoke differently, and so it took me a <laughs> yeah. while to to learn the lingo, and that and that was that was that took the longest. My sister, because she was younger, she picked it up much as much faster than me. I never, my sister, after six months, you couldn't tell she was not Dominican. She spoke like a Dominican. No one would ever guess that she wasn't. But me, no, I, I never never fully adopted the, the the Dominican culture or language so for me yeah I was always a foreigner so wow okay and then once you like once you make the, the leap over coming to the United States and you went to to Nebraska um, when you was that your first time coming to the United States so how was that shock that culture shock I guess now you're you know going from Peru now you're you live now in a Dominican Republic and now the United States how was it at first when yeah. you first arrived It wasn't my first time in the U.S. I had already been, but only to Miami, okay. which I guess I don't know if it counts. Like, uh, it's, it's very different <laughs> from... Yeah, it's different, yeah. The, the, the suburbs there, uh, uh, quite different from what I'm used to from Lima and from Dominican Republic. Uh, and people were friendly, not super warm, <laughs> but but mm -hmm. friendly in general, they were not mean. Uh, so it didn't take me that long to to, to make friends. There were, like, as I mentioned before, there were a lot of uh, 
uh, people from different parts of the world, a lot of Latin American people as well. So I, did, I quickly made friends from, you know, from from Panama, from Bolivia, from from Ecuador, and also mm-hmm. from from, or from some Europeans as well, and and then some Americans as well. So so it was not difficult. And I was staying with my uncle and aunt, as I as I said. So so that made it easier as well to start with. That's good because I can tell you from my experience when I first moved to the United States and I came, you know, at the age of when I was 13, so I was a little younger. But when I first came, um, they put me into the um, well. First of all, they tested me for to know my the level of English that I knew, and then also test. Actually, that's all they tested me for, and they mm-hmm. put me in the lowest level of ESL, which is English as a second language uh, here in the United States right. in, uh, in the program. But I knew how to, you know, I knew how to write English well. I knew how to read English well because we, when we went to school, as you know, our school was, um, uh, we we were taught English since since kindergarten. I mean, it was like the whole time. Yeah, I did. I did not. I was not fluent speaking, uh, probably as much, but I knew so. And then they put me on the lowest level of, of math without testing me. So I was in a room with a lot of people from, and at that time in the area that I that I live in the DC area, there was a lot of people from Central America that, um, you know, like Salvador, Nicaragua, they were escaping the war at that time that was happening in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, their, their lingo was also very different. So for me, I, I had a really hard, really hard time adjusting um, because it put me in, in a, you know, in Peru, when, when I left, we were doing, you know, this is a, uh, uh, ninth grade, so tercero de media, and in, in, uh, mm-hmm. over there, we were doing, I think at that point, if not with algebra, they mm-hmm. added, they put me a class here to add and subtract numbers. So mm-hmm. I was like, what, you know, so it took me a while to kind of understand the system. And then I would say, then I was asked to, to be retested, but, or tested because I was never tested. But I, it's kind of like, um, maybe because I was younger, maybe it was just a different situation. To me, I, I did have a, a, just like you had a, kind of adjusting to the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. I had a hard time adjusting to the people here in the, in the high school. I like the, the theme, but it was just different and the people were so different and the lingo was different. Yeah, I spoke, right. you know, I understood, you know, I I don't know if you if you ever heard the Salvadorian accent, but there was a lot of people from the countryside in Salvador and they had, um, sometimes they, they have these words that I was like, what, you know, like they're the opposite of what, of what it means what it meant to me at that time, you know, yeah, words yeah. like pendejo to me. I was like, for me, that's, you know, for us, it means in Peru. It's a bad, it's a bad that's word. Like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a bad word. It's like someone that's like, you know, you're a smart, sound like smart ass, but for them, mm-hmm. it's completely the opposite, you know? It's so, an idiot. It's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same, so, in, same in the Dominican Republic. Same, I had the same thing. The pendejo in the Dominican Republic is it's an idiot. And for me, it was somebody like a, like a badass. Uh, so yeah, so I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a little difficult, but uh, you know, for me, I I it took me a little bit to to adjust, and then I, I thought many times, and I told my mom that I wanted to go back to Peru, but I I didn't right. have much much of a choice at that time, so I right. you know I, I kind of I was a kid, I didn't know, I mean, it was not up to me, so I ended up staying. Right. Um, so Fernando, after Nebraska, you then in Nebraska, you went to college there. And then you, yeah. so you stay there for four years, and then you you moved to Florida after after that. Yeah, well, the plan was four years, but it took me five and a half, so <laughs> so it wasn't four. But mm-hmm. uh, I changed careers, you know, and well, well, I was I started I started with architecture, but I didn't go as planned, so I ended up with uh, advertising. 
Uh, and yeah, once I graduated, I started to look for work uh, in a few different places. Didn't wasn't able to get a job. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm again following my aunt and uncle because they had already moved away from Nebraska to Florida. And that's, that's the only family that I had there. So, so, and I had no job and nothing like this. So my choices were to either go back to to the Dominican Republic, which I didn't want to do. My parents were still there or, or try to stay in the US. So I stayed, I went to see my, my, my uncle again. They were in Fort Lauderdale and moved there. And within a couple of weeks, I got a job. So it, was, it wasn't difficult and, and I stayed in Florida, but I never really liked Florida too much. So, so it also took me some time to, to, to adjust to the culture there uh, and I, once again I have nothing against it I had a, quite a, a few good friends and a lot of good memories but not the place mm-hmm. not a place where I wanted to stay so I stayed a little longer than I, than I should have actually stayed there for almost well, a little over five years uh, mm-hmm. and then for other reasons that I probably will tell you later on uh, ended up in in, in Europe yeah. yeah I mean um, for Lauderdale it's well I, I, I have nothing against Florida either but it's just too to me also I, I'm not you know it's too hot to I don't know it's just not my my scene either Fort Lauderdale is a, it's a, it's a very nice place uh, I, I've mm-hmm. been there but uh, actually my one of my kids now live there and he's always been believing wanted, wanted to move to Florida ever since he was a kid mm-hmm. and he did and he keeps moving farther south 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 and now he's he's in Fort Lauderdale but it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not for everybody either, you know, so I know a lot of people like yeah. to, they think about here in the United States, when they retire, they want to go farther south, you know, like, right. um, we're thinking of moving up north, you know, like farther up, you know, instead of going mm-hmm. farther south, but, right. so how was, how different yeah. was Fort Lauderdale for you in terms of the, um, I'm assuming Fort Lauderdale, what I remember is also very, it's a lot more diversity, probably a lot more than Nebraska, right? I mean, I've never been to Nebraska, so I don't yeah. know what it's yeah. like, but I'm, my guess is that there's a lot more diversity, a lot more cultures in Fort Lauderdale, and at least even then when, when you when you lived there. Was it, how, how different was it from Nebraska? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was uh, Fort Lauderdale, or all Southern Florida, it's uh, it's much more multicultural, but especially from Latin America. You know, there's a lot of Latin Americans there from all over mm-hmm. in Miami, for Lauderdale, beautiful beach, all of that. So in that sense, it was kind of cool, you know, to be able to go back to a, uh, an area full of Spanish-speaking people, and I, I miss a little bit of that. So was, that was nice. But yeah, like you like you said, you know, I didn't like the, the weather. It was a big thing for me, like hot and humid all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to be in AC all the time. There is no public transportation. So the lifestyle was just, just you get up in the morning, you know, AC, get out of your house, jump into your car, drive to work, get inside mm-hmm. an office, AC, go back home. Then maybe you go to the gym or like a shopping center or something at night. You know, it, you, you just don't hang out outside. Just, it's just too hot. I mean, you can, but it's just, it's not as pleasant mm-hmm. as living in a, in a, in a place with four, four seasons and in a city where you can actually walk around, you know, which is mm-hmm. uh, something that I, more my kind of place. So. Gotcha. Do you think you, you fit it, like you felt like you fit it within the culture, within the American culture, when you lived in Nebraska and when you lived in, in Fort Lauderdale, you, you, you felt acquainted to the culture, to the American culture when you lived here? Hmm. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I like living in the U.S. a lot. Uh, uh, um, I like living in Nebraska. 
I felt actually that I integrated into the culture quite well to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think the majority of my friends were American. I only, I only had a couple of Latin American friends. I, you know, I spoke the language well, I communicated well. You know, I was into football. You know, it's like a really, really got into into the whole American culture. Then I moved to Fort Lauderdale. It was slightly different. You know, it was more of a, of a Latin American vibe, and it mm-hmm. actually took me a little while to a little time to also adapt back to that back to what you said about the different lingo you know there are a lot of different people from different parts of latin america so a lot of people mm-hmm. that i met sometimes from colombia venezuela you know I, I, it was uh, a little tricky sometimes to, to understand some of the expressions and so on uh but i was i was happy i was actually quite comfortable there except for the fact that, that I, the, the things that i mentioned before i tried to move to different cities but uh, i was there on a work visa uh, you mm-hmm. know, I never became a resident in the U.S. I just didn't want to do it the, the typical way of, you know, paying someone or bearing somebody. I just didn't want to do it. So, yeah. so, so I never did. I uh, I got I had a few jobs, and every job that I had, I did it all the legal way. You know, I got a job. Yep. They helped me process my visa. Yeah. Because that, I didn't have the opportunities as somebody else who could just quit his job, move somewhere else, and look for another job. That's the, the ideal way to do it. I had to find something in advance which made it very very difficult i wanted to go to california that was my thing i wanted to go to san francisco or maybe san diego and i applied for a couple of uh, applied for work there and i I had a couple of interviews but it's quite difficult when when you're not there in person you have to apply for for work get into a plane go do a couple interviews they might like it they might not it's just it was complicated so i never i never had a chance to move out of florida until i had the opportunity to go to europe yeah yeah, I mean, anyone working with a, a visa, it's sometimes it is challenging. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I think, a lot more now, a lot more common also, you know, doing interviews via remote. It's, it's a different world, but it is. Yeah. Some of the, right. some of the things you describe, I think, is still a challenge for, for someone, especially that's coming from a different country trying and coming to, to school and trying to get a work visa and, and working with a work visa. So, so then, um, Fernando, then after that, you... Um, you decided what what made you decide to go to where you are now which is the the Czech Republic like what well for, first of all before you even move had you been to that part of the world before uh no i had never been to europe i i always wanted to go uh but for some reason it just it just never happened so that's one thing that i regret is not making a trip to europe after graduating from college i got some people that i knew including my girlfriend at the time did uh because I, you know, once I did end up coming to Europe uh, years later, I, I loved it. I really like it here, so I would have liked it a lot. It probably would have changed my life. Uh, I think if I would have made a trip, a visit here earlier. But anyways, when I lived in Florida, I I, I met a, a girl. I met a Czech girl. That's that's the main reason. Always a story. Uh, always a story. Yeah. Exactly, of course, yes. <laughs> but especially here, the Czech women are, are quite 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 good looking. So there are a lot. Of, the majority of foreigners you meet here, they're here because of a girl. So, um, yes, I met this girl. It's a long story, but to make a long story short, we were dating and then she wanted to move back home, back to Czech Republic. And uh, uh, and she really wanted to go back. So we and I wasn't planning on going anywhere. So we left it at see you later, hopefully. And that was it. And then I guess 
Destiny had different plans for me because a few months later, I I was told that I was uh, I was going to lose my job. Uh, my boss was actually a, a friend of mine, and he called me at, at night and told me, "Listen, to or I have to fire you. I have to let you go because we we're downsizing, and I have to let you go. I'm just letting you know in advance." And I explained to him that I have a work visa, and that means that if I depart me, I lose my visa. I have to leave the country, which was crazy. I had actually bought a flat that day. They got a call from this guy, so oh so it was yeah. So the whole so my whole world just came crumbling down. If you can imagine, I lived I, I lived in the U.S. and I felt very very at home, very secure. You know, like I, my my idea. I had no plans of going anywhere. I was gonna I was buying a flat. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to live. The American dream sort of thing and uh, but then this happened it kind of made me realize that you know that my situation was not nearly as, as stable as it seemed you know I'm there on a work visa as a temporary status really and I should either do something about it or go somewhere else and anyway to make a long story short I, I did get, end up getting another job I formalized everything like I, I was I was able to get another visa it was fine uh, but I didn't like at all I, my, my whole view of me being in the States really changed after that and the fact that I had a, my girlfriend living in Prague started thinking that maybe it's not a bad idea to go to Europe and just try my luck see how things are there so so I did so I, I sold everything that I had and just just packed my bags and left <laughs> just to try my luck Wow, so you went by yourself, like you, I mean, your girlfriend that, 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 that you had at that time was living here, uh, well, living yeah. there, but it, but you technically, technically sold, put everything in a suitcase and moved there to figure it out Pretty how. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I had, a, I had already bought a flat, as I, to, as I, as I told you, but uh, mm -hmm. the, the day that I got a call that I was going to get uh, fired, so the, the following morning, I, I called the bank and I canceled the transaction. I, I had just paid for it. Uh, and then I was able to cancel the whole the whole thing. So I didn't I didn't own property at the time. I just had a car and a few things. So I just sold all my properties and left. So I had nothing really holding me back. Uh, and then I moved to Prague. I I, I met my girl my girlfriend here, and then uh, everything was of course completely new to me. Came in the middle of the winter, which is not the best time to come, but still it was it's a beautiful place. Prague has always been a beautiful city, so so I was quite impressed. And yeah, it didn't it didn't last too long with her. We actually stayed only together for like six months. But uh, but I came with the intention to start my own business and uh, and see if I could make it here. And, and I did. I mean, my, my plan actually a little naive. But my plan was I had a pretty good amount of money saved. Mm -hmm. So my plan was to try to get a job, try to start my own business. Uh, you know that I'm a, I, I was a graphic designer at the time. We, we talked about it before. So my idea was to start my own, my own digital agency. And and if it didn't go well for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. I would just travel through Europe for like a year, you know, with my savings, you know, get to see mm -hmm. what I didn't do after college. And mm -hmm. after that, I would have to go to Peru. I would have no other option. I can't go. I couldn't go back to the U.S. So, so that was so it was a big risk for me to leave my lifestyle, you know, in the U.S. to try to start a new life in Europe. And if pay if I fail, I'll have to go back to the U.S. There to Peru, which is not a horrible thing, but. I had not lived in the in Peru since I was 15, so it would have been a bit difficult. So yeah, but mm -hmm. please, things worked out I, uh, with uh, with with uh, my company, which still run. Mm -hmm. uh, so so I stay here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, for people that are listening, um, Fernando and I are in, this, in a very similar uh, work field, and and I've worked with him in a few things. He's got a a very very amazing uh, and very uh, talented staff um, that I've worked with in the past. So, Fernando, once you got to the Czech Republic, 
how different was it for you? Like when you first arrived, you know, because I've been to Europe, never been to the Czech Republic, but the first, like even for me, the first time I came, I went to Europe, it was, it, it's different. You know, it's very different than the United yep. States. It's similarities mm -hmm. to some what you see in Peru, but it is also very different. It's somewhere in between. I, that's the right. only way I can describe it. How was it for you when you first arrived in terms of like, the culture and the, I'm assuming you didn't speak the language either, right? No, not at all. Uh, yeah, it was actually it was actually great. It was actually the, I think the easiest transition from all the other ones that I had throughout my life because well, I was older already uh, and I already had the experience of you know moving to a new country, you know, mm -hmm. and getting getting to know the culture and so on. So it wasn't that difficult to me at all. Uh, uh, and also there were a lot of foreigners, a lot of expats living here, a lot of people kind of like in a similar situation as me coming here to try their luck for a few years. So a lot of people looking to meet other people. So actually it was a, lot, it was a ton of fun. I mean, I remember when I first moved here and I was, sing I was single for know, maybe three years, it was just party time, like every night. I mean, I don't remember <laughs> ever staying home. Like there was always something to do every night. So. So yeah, it was, it was really, really a ton of fun. And as I say, Prague is a beautiful city, even even more so now. So so there was a lot to a lot to see. Um, the 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 mentality is different, uh, but I but I like that actually. I like the mentality here better than I, that I like the the, the American mentality. Uh, when I lived there, I, I really enjoyed it. But now that I compare it to the lifestyle here, I like the lifestyle mentality in Europe more than the American one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was it was not difficult. The language is it's a nightmare. I mean, language, I've been I've been <laughs> learning Czech for for twenty years or twenty years, and uh, it's still not not very really good. I mean, if if you compare it to English, I mean, it took me. You said that we went to school in Peru and we were learning English, but it really wasn't a very good English education. I would say. I mean, it was pretty bad actually. Uh, and then I went to school in Dominican Republic, which was better, and I learned better English. I also went to some you know, side school to learn more. And when I lived, when I moved to US, my English level was quite good and it still was pretty, pretty bad. But it took, within a year, I spoke it fluently. I mean, really, really well. Mm -hmm. I've been here for 20 years and my Czech is, it's pretty sad. I mean, I, I speak it. I, I can, I can, I can understand everything that people tell me. I can get by, but I don't feel comfortable. I just, uh, it's just not, it's a, it's, it's a very, very complicated language. So how do you like get around now when, so if you like even with your employees, like do you want primarily is it English? Yeah, yeah, I speak English all the time. I, with my at work, with my friends, even at home, with my wife and I speak English. So, so, so I don't really need to speak Czech. I mean, I do speak it and I use it on a fairly, on a daily basis, but, uh, but just to, you know, go to a store and buy stuff or a restaurant or order things online or, or like things like this. Uh, I'll talk to people on the street. I have some Czech friends, but I don't, I don't think I have any friends that don't speak English. So all of my world is, uh, it's in English here or Spanish. Of course, I, I do have Spanish speaking friends here and I speak only Spanish to my daughter, for example. So mm, interesting. So how, so is your daughter learning three, Three languages, I guess. Czechs. Oh, she's learning Spanish, Czech, and also yeah. English. So it's trying. Yeah, English came for free. I mean, she. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> Sasha, my wife, spoke to her in Czech. I spoke to her in Spanish as she was growing up, and we spoke English, my wife and I, at home. So at first, you know, of course, she answered in English, but she's nine now. She's gonna be ten very soon. 
and I think like about two years ago, she started to speak English on her own. She started to just, you know, she started to get involved in our conversations a little bit, and then mm-hmm. within, yeah, within a year, she was she, now she's fluent. Yeah, she's fluent. But before that, it was a very strange thing because we would sit in, in, on the table, for example, to to eat, and I would talk to her to my daughter in Spanish. She would talk to my wife in Czech, and my wife would talk to me in English. And that's how we <laughs> communicated at home. It's really weird, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do the people in the Czech Republic, like the local people, how do they, um, like, you know, when you, you mentioned that there's a lot of foreigners, just like that, they move there at some point to try their luck, or they're, they're still moving there because it's it is a growing country. But how do they treat, or how do they feel around people that one? They may hear a different language, right? So, like, if you're speaking Spanish with someone that is your your friends, and how do the local people feel about when they hear a different mm-hmm. language? Are they open-minded about this? And then, how you know, how do they feel about the, just the foreigners, period, that are living there? Yeah, uh, but I think uh, Prague is quite different from the rest of the country, you know, because it's a big city and, and people are more. Uh, minded, uh, they have travel more, so so there's absolutely no problem with with Czechs and foreigners. Actually, they're very welcoming. And but in general, Czechs, even outside of Prague, are quite curious about our country, our countries, and our cultures, and so on. So there is not uh, they're not xenophobic, you know. They're not for, for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't have any any issues with anyone uh, moving here. Um, in terms of the language, actually, Spanish is a it's a a very popular language here. People actually really like Spanish here. Like, uh, I, 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 there are a lot of people that, that speak it here that that, that 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 want to learn it. I think they associate associate Spanish with fun. You know, like Spanish is a fun language. You know, uh, uh, so 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 it's a positive thing for us Latin American people or Spanish people living here. We're actually seen in a positive light. I think, which is quite different from my my experience in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yes. the U.S., you don't want to speak Spanish in public. People, you're always afraid somebody might say something to you. It's kind of uh, mm-hmm. here you can go. My daughter and I go into any tram or bus or any public transportation or any any public place, speaking Spanish, and she she talks really loud. She's like yelling. She's a kid, you know, and no one cares. No one cares. But it's Europe, you know, like. Uh, Everybody speaks a different language, so so it's uh, it's very different in that sense, which I like. Yeah, yeah, and I've noticed that quite, quite um, like I we went to this summer, we were in Spain, uh, Morocco, uh, and I've been mm-hmm. to Germany, I've been to Ireland, and like even when you go to places, bigger cities in in Europe, it does feel like they're almost welcoming all this. You know, they want to know more about different languages. Here in the United States, yeah, I mean, there is, you know, there's this wave of, um, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it of, of what it is, but yeah, it's like, you know, we're here, you got to speak English. And sincerely, you know, that's I, like, I speak English almost every day. I only speak Spanish now to really with my mom. And that's like, you know, I call her like every day, but that's my only practice of Spanish. So for me, it has even been difficult to... Like, and I'm sure maybe for you it's similar. It's like, I've learned some terms that are only in English, right? So if I'm trying to translate mm-hmm. that to my mom, mm-hmm. it's like, I have a difficult time trying to translate something totally. that totally, it's, yeah. you know, because I, I just, 
I like I don't know how to say that in in Spanish because I never learned that how to say mm -hmm. that in Spanish. Yeah. Um, and you know it's it's sometimes difficult, but yeah, it is. It is. Um, I think I've I've noticed that in Europe, um, and kind of a big difference between them. And it uh, how 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 big is the the Latino population now? You think in the Czech Republic, at least in Prague, where you are, is it pretty? Is it larger than before? Is it is it growing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's growing, but but in general, the uh, the the number of expats has grown a lot. There's there's more and more foreigners living in Prague because it's a very uh, it's cities in high demand. There are a lot of people moving here. It's a lot more um, foreign investment, uh, a lot more money coming in as well. So so yeah, it's, it's a much more cosmopolitan city than it used to be when I when I moved here 20 years ago. When I moved here 20 years ago, there were, there were a lot of foreigners that you could meet online and go out but you you would walk on the streets and you wouldn't see them at all like uh, i always say to people that you know 20 years ago i had long hair and i would walk into a tram or, or a metro and people would look at me and people would just stare at me like who is this guy you know it's like uh, now <laughs> no one no one gives a crap about me no one cares i mean i go anywhere <laughs> it's like i'm like just one other person because it's much more um, diverse it wasn't like that before no, but it is now. I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, no, no, it it did. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah. A, I was just trying to get, a, I guess, an idea of what it's like over there for for the Latinos that, that do live there. And how do? Oh yeah, you you, you asked me. You asked me. Sorry, you asked me about the amount of uh, Latin American people that live here. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was your original question. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but uh, very few, very very few, compared to other European countries, for sure. Much lower than Germany. Much lower than. Italy or France, um, I would say like Peruvians. I remember ten years ago there were literally like 150, like <laughs> like that many, like like nothing. Like now I don't know, but I would assume there might be maybe 400 Peruvians here. I would say at the most. Mm -hmm. And 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 Peruvians, I think, were the third largest population of Latin Americans here. I think it was Cubans. Mexicans, Cubans, because because of there were communist countries, there was a lot of mm -hmm. exchange between them. Mexicans mm -hmm. because it's a large country, and then Peru was the third one, uh, and of course not counting Spain, there's much more Spanish people from Spain here than, than any other Spanish-speaking country. Well, for them it's a little easier, I guess, to travel because of the yeah. European They're Union. Just the corner, and, yeah. yeah, so it's easier okay. for them to yeah. go. Yeah. So yeah. how do they? Um, so how when like Latino and and you mentioned like your your daughter speaks three languages. How do you keep your culture or the Peruvian culture, I guess, with or do you with with your daughter or at home with your with your wife uh, mm -hmm. and your daughter? I mean, how do you trying to keep it keep it alive? Because as I I had a, a child, you know, it's been difficult for me to do it with with my kids. My kids are are older, their twenties, but they know the food that's the you know they i've taken to mm -hmm. peru both of them to learn more about what it is and they liked mm -hmm. it but that's you know the culture it's like when i remind them of something this is this way we do it this way because of this it's like it's almost like they're forgetting because now they're on their own how do you do that with your daughter now you are you right. trying to keep that's alive your your the peruvian culture uh with your with your family yeah, I mean, I try to teach her as much as possible about my culture. You know, I try to pass on to her as much as I can. Uh, it's not that easy because, you know, we are in a different country. There are, I don't have that many Peruvian friends here. I mean, I do some, but they don't have kids her age. 
So, you know, she only gets it through me, which is difficult, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy that she speaks Spanish and I try to motivate her as much as possible to speak Spanish and to find her friends that are Spanish speakers. And it doesn't matter too much if they're from Peru anybody, or anywhere else. Um, like, for example, she doesn't have a Peruvian accent at all. She has, well, I don't have a Peruvian accent. You know, I live in Dominican Republic, so they changed my accent in Miami. So I don't have, a, you probably don't either, right? I mean, you lived yeah. in the U.S., your yeah. accent is a mess. Yeah, so is mine. Yeah. So, so, but she has more of a, she, like a mixed accent. And she actually uses a lot of, she conjugates a little bit like, like from Spain, like vosotros mm-hmm. instead of ustedes because she has a, a, a mess <laughs> but uh, by going back to the, the Peruvian culture she's been to Peru with me a few times she loves Peru she really likes uh, going to Peru um, and there are a lot of things about the Peruvian culture she likes I think she finds it exotic you know something completely different for her uh, mm-hmm. and there's some things that she doesn't like like the food she likes she likes ceviche mm, she okay. doesn't like uh, yeah she doesn't like panetone which is not, it's Italian I know but it's very <laughs> adopted in Peru so it's, like, it's oh, like one yeah. of my favorite uh, treats um, but other than that, I teach her as much as I can about the culture, you know, the, the Inca Empire, you know, the, all, all the things that I, the, the few things that I remember, I try to pass on to her. Uh, and then she talks to my parents as well. And then, you know, they also, she gets a little bit of culture from them as well. Yeah, that's about it. Do you think of this, um, and that I see and starting to see in a wave here in the United States of of kids that are uh, biracial. So their parents, you know, one parent is from one culture, the other one from a different culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I do I do think that in the United States, that's one thing that we that is evolving. And I think in the next, at least that's just my my vision. In the next like 20 years, everyone is going to look very mixed. I think because we're mm-hmm. there has been mm-hmm. now this. But how sometimes biracial kids here in the United States still have sometimes challenges, you know, with identity uh, and trying to mm-hmm. identify themselves. Am I, you know, this or am I that? Because I'm right in the middle mm-hmm. because I'm both. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they, like, you think you're, you're like kids in school because your daughter, you're, you're Peruvian, her mom is uh, from the Czech Republic. Does that not, like, even comes to that like that's something that you don't see in that side of the world or do you think you see some of it yeah i mean i said there are a lot of foreigners here but at the same time they're still predominantly czech of course like the the the, the area where we live for example there are but not so many like in her school she right now is definitely the only spanish-speaking kid and i think there's one other kid in the whole school that speaks spanish and in her class there's one girl from ukraine that came here because of the war and a couple of Vietnamese kids just because there are a lot of Vietnamese uh, people here in, in Prague. So so she's, and this, sorry, there's one more, there's two more English-speaking kids, you know, uh, I think from American English parents. So there are a few, but 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 not so many. Uh, but kids, I think they're quite open-minded uh, the, here. There's not, she had one incident when one kid that did made some, some kind of remark, I don't remember what, about in, in a negative way about her, her nationality in some in some event but other than mm-hmm. that it's always been positive so so no i think people are already used to to the multiculturalism i guess um but not to yeah. say that everybody is for it there's a lot of, of uh actually uh, there are a lot of people that are opposed to globalization uh and and uh, uh migration and things like this there's a lot of that as well yeah. mm. so now at home when you um 
you know, do you do you cook at home? Like you try to keep some Peruvian dishes kind of alive or does your wife have, has she learned any um, to cook any Peruvian, any Peruvian dishes? And do you, how do you get acquainted now to the, even the, the food, the Czech, you know, the, the food from there? Um, do you like it? You know, what's your favorite? How, how do you, you know, because to me, eating Peruvian food is a treat now. I don't eat it every mm -hmm. day. I don't eat it. Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that I know it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I know it's going to taste good, but I know it, you know, it's, it's high in carbs and, you know, it's, it's fried, whatever it may be, but I know mm -hmm. it's going to taste good. Mm -hmm. You know, having a con pollo with picarona, you know, that's a treat, you know, so that's how I see it. But, mm -hmm. and so, but I don't eat it in every day. How, how do you do uh, at your home, at your house now that you, with your family, do you try to keep at least up, you know, that almost yeah. as an everyday thing? Or is it also kind of just as a treat, like, like it is for me? Right. Uh, eating is a, it's a, it's a problem in this house. We have a bit of a, <laughs> it was, it were a bit dysfunctional in that way because uh, my wife, it's, uh, she can't eat gluten. Okay. I I am mostly vegan, not 100%, but I try not to eat meat or animal products. Uh, I mean, but I'm, I'm quite flexible. Uh, and my daughter, she's a difficult eater. In general, she doesn't want anything. So it's very common that we sit on the table and we have three different dishes. You know, we're just each eating something different, you know. Uh, so once in a while, we eat together and so on. But culturally, uh, yes, we do cook some Peruvian meals. Uh, I'm, I'm not a very good cook and I don't, don't know how to make anything Peruvian, unfortunately. I just, when I cook, I just do it like, you know, uh, what, for whatever comes out of my mind. But my wife makes a really good ceviche. I mean, she really does a really, really good ceviche. So we actually have adopted ceviche as a christmas tradition which i know she's very aware mm -hmm. that in peru we don't eat you don't you don't people don't eat ceviche for christmas but that's mm -hmm. our tradition which i love so every christmas we have ceviche and then we have what is typical of czech republic which is uh, i think uh, schnitzel you know like uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you yeah. call this like chicken steak you know with bread uh, a panal you yeah. know uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. uh with 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 what's called in Peru ensalada rusa, you know, Russian salad, which actually is Czech salad. So combination oh. of two things, ceviche and that, and of course for me, panetone. I can't go without panetone for Christmas. So, <laughs> so that, that that's our Christmas. And uh, but or, and but other than that, we don't eat Peruvian food very often. There are no Peruvian restaurants here. There were a couple, and they didn't do that well. Uh, but there are a lot of people that cook in events, or sometimes they do things at home, in their own houses so there are opportunities to, to try Peruvian food but not as much not as many as larger cities here like in like, like you know in, in Paris or in Berlin or even in Vienna there are Peruvian restaurants everywhere but here unfortunately not too many so yeah. Mm, yeah that's one thing that well at least in DC where where I live is so it's just every they're everywhere you know uh, that's great pollo, pollo la grasa, <laughs> and you know and and they do well for the most part. Most of those restaurants do well. Um, yeah. They don't even do any any marketing. Their marketing is the smell of their chicken, for example. That's their. That's horror, great. Yeah. You know? and they they do well because of that. But you know, it's it's a uh, it is it is the city you live in. It it is a smaller city, but it uh, where I live mm -hmm. is a little a little bigger. But it is um, you know, there's pros and cons. I think I guess with both. Well, Fernando. Appreciate it, man. Really, uh, all the time you you took today. Um, 
uh, it was great to catch up with you, but also to learn more about the, uh, you know, the Czech Republic and uh, kind of the, the culture and how things, uh, uh, you know, how things are over there in that side of the world. I've never been, but, you know, I think I, as, I, as you kind of start describing the city, uh, you know, we may end up uh, You should come, you should come visit, yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a, like a great place to to go and, and visit and it sounds like a great city so I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be on my bucket list to to go um, alright for anyone listening um, you know at the, this podcast it's um, you can stream it in um, uh, Apple Pod- Podcast Google Podcast I mean it's, it's there. I'm going to leave the description below if you're listening to that on YouTube and you'll be able to get to all the links uh, to all the different services so you'll be able to catch up uh, this is chapter 11 alright everyone Listening, thank you for listening and we'll be back again. Thank you. If you like this content, um, don't forget to subscribe or hit the like button. And if you're interested in being in this podcast, please send me an email, send me a message, and I will be more than happy to have you as a guest.